board button. And so now if you're listening to this on our website, this is our May 3rd um, Facebook Live service picking up um, just before we get to our joys and concerns. So one more thing before we get to joys and concerns, I um, wanted to um, tell you for worship, I put about four different videos on there. Um, but it, what I'd love to have you do this morning, and we try to make this as interactive as possible, if you have just a, just place a worship lyric, just a song, maybe a song you've been singing, one of your favorite songs, um, if you'd want to put that in the box right before we uh, begin to share a message this morning, we're going to have just a quick little time of, of, of reading those lines and having a time of worship this morning. So again, if you can touch, uh, get to that. Um, right before we get to the message, that would be great. So just put in some some lyrics, just like a line or two, of no more than probably ten words. Um, just some words that you maybe you've been singing, maybe you got a worship song that you've been singing, or a song that's on your heart. Um, uh, and anything you'd want to put in there for worship lyrics would be amazing. I've been listening to this song called um, um, "Graves to Gardens" quite a bit. I think I'm going to mention that here in just a minute. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Nick. I think I caught you already. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. So at this time, we want to go to our joys and concerns. So if you have some, please place those in there. Um, I do have quite a few. I'm going to go back and read through here um, as we take this time for for joys and concerns this morning. Um, uh, Donna had asked for prayer for Dan Wright. Um, I don't know if you know too much, if there's any more you could give us about him, but I will put his name down there, uh, Donna. Um, Cheryl's asking for prayer for Gail Allison. She's going to be having surgery on May 5th. Gail Allison. Well, speaking of May 5th, for those of you that um, um, have the, the contacts, um, tomorrow is Doris Spittler's birthday. So if anybody would want to give her a call and wish her a happy birthday, that would be great. Good morning, Rod. Um, my Uncle Dan Folks is having some issues breathing. Uh, another prayer request this morning. Um, if I see any more coming in. Looks like uh, someone named Dan is having some, some issues with blood uh, in his urine as well. Okay. Any other prayer requests um, before we take these to the Lord? All right. Well, right now, as we have this chance together, let's connect our hearts as we pray over these needs, as well as we pray for uh, for our service this morning. Let's pray. Well, Lord... Thank you for these moments that we can have together through these venues that have been created for such a time as this. And now we as your church, uh, we, we come together in one accord, drawing near to the living God. And Lord, this can just be another service. Now we've developed a routine of doing these Facebook live services, but may moments like this never become routine. Because as we open up your word, as we worship, as we encourage each other, uh, Lord, you, that we can have an encounter with the living God and be forever changed. My devotions this morning, I, I was reminded of a text that just reminds us to be ready, that as you are cultivating our soil, it is our call to be uh, receptive to what you are ready to say to us in such a time as this. So all across that everyone that is watching this morning, may they be receptive 
to your word. May our hearts be open and ready to receive what you want to speak to us. Lord, we thank you um, that you are God that hears us and we have some needs that we've placed out. We lift up Dan Folks to you. We pray uh, your hand be upon him as he is having trouble breathing. We lift up Dan Wright, who's having some some medical issues, as well as Gail Allison. We're asking that you go before her and her surgery this week. And I know all across our church there are other needs and some that have been spoken as well. Lord, I pray that you would be the God that is present to them. They would know that they were not created to walk through these things in life alone, uh, but the power of your Spirit and the presence of a living God would be with them. So, Lord, we ask all of these things as we pray the prayer that you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And again, thanks for joining us. I see a couple people have come on. Rusty, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, I uh, remind you, um, in just a few moments, we are going to get to your worship lyrics. So I got one more thing we're going to do before we get to worship lyrics. I'm starting to sweat this morning, too. This is what happens when you haven't had a haircut in a while. Um, And maybe if you are are out there and you haven't had a haircut in in over a month, um, you can you can put that in there as well, but um, I want to just go through. I got three junior Bible quiz questions, and these are all relevant to the series that we have been um, we, we've been doing. So this question, hopefully you've got these by now. Okay, what we've been doing a series called the Quarantine Letters. What are the four quarantine letters? In other words, prison epistles. What are the four prison epistles? The four letters that Paul wrote from prison. We've been doing this series this more I mean we've been doing this series over quarantine. What are those four letters? We'll call that question number 1. You can place your answers to those uh, in the box this morning. Um, and then just a couple of questions if you uh, hope you got your bible with you this morning and you can go to Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9 um, the the first question I want to ask these both relate to to Acts chapter Acts chapter 9 and the author of the quarantine epistles also called the prison epistles and the question is why did Saul of Tarsus go to Damascus why did Saul also called Paul why did he go to Damascus why did Saul go to Damascus and then the last that's question number two why did Saul go to Damascus and these are right from your junior bible quiz and the number three what happened to Saul of Tarsus near Damascus? Question number three, what happened to Saul of Tarsus near Damascus? So we've got three questions for you. Again, the first one, what are, you, what are our four quarantine letters? Hopefully you got those by now. Next question is, why did Saul go to Damascus? And the last question is, what happened to Saul near Damascus? All right. Man, I don't see any, I don't see any answers coming in yet, so hopefully... Hopefully some of you are paying attention. Good morning, Kyle. I'll go back and see just a few others that have that have come on. Um, so share any, uh, I don't know why I don't have any answers yet this morning. I, I know Leanne's usually chiming in. Tracy's usually chiming in. Uh, again, what are the four quarantine epistles? 
All right, and since we're about ready to go, uh, before we share the message this morning, I'll go ahead and take a look at our um, those of you who have put in a few worship lyrics. We're going to take a look at, at those. Jill Sora writes, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Good word. Pam Cunningham shared, New earth, heaven's new. Good morning, Patty. Mandy, oh, I'll get to that in just a second. Let's see if we got any other worship lyrics this morning. All right, and Mandy's got an answer to our first to our quarantine letters, Philemon, Colossians, Philippians, and Ephesians. That is correct. Philemon's, Colossians, Philippians, and Ephesians. Pam came in with all of the correct answers instead of Philemon. She says Philemon, which I'm sure was a misprint, but those are also the correct answers as well. Good morning, Doris. And Doris is joining us this morning, and I want to say happy birthday to you, Doris, as you've just joined us tomorrow. Tomorrow is Doris's birthday, and I could look up really quickly and tell everybody how old you are, um, but I won't do that. But uh, good to see you with us this morning, and happy birthday to you tomorrow. All right. Well, I'm going to answer these last two questions, and these come right out of Acts chapter 9. Um. Saul goes to Damascus basically uh, to persecute Christians, to kill Christians. He's got the letter, permission uh, from the Sanhedrin in his hand to do whatever he needs to do um, to, the, to, to the Christians. And instead, he ends up using those letters uh, to preach, to go into all the synagogues and preach. So that's why Saul was going to Damascus. And what happened to Saul on the Damascus road was he has an encounter uh, with the living God. And so I want us to be reminded of that as we've been studying Paul's letters. We've been studying the quarantine epistles, also called the prison epistles, um, that this is someone who had had a radical, radical life change. And uh, we are now here together uh, at this moment uh, sharing the gospel, not only because of the work that, that Christ did, but because of others who allowed Christ to do a work in their life. And I want you to think about that. That's how the gospel gets spread, because people allow the Lord to do a work in their life. And so this is your calling as well, just as it was Paul, just as it was um, ever, everyone else throughout the gospel that we read about the disciples. It is your call uh, to allow the Lord to do a work in your life, um, and so you can share and be a witness to others. So today... I hope you have your Bibles and you can open it up to Colossians chapter 3. That is going to be uh, the book that we are in. Uh, We are going to be in verses 1 through 14. Um, In our Bible study video, had a Wednesday night Bible study video that we went over verses 15 through 25. Um, So again, if you have your Bibles open to Colossians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 14, and I'm going to say a quick prayer before we open up uh, the Word of God this morning. Let's pray. Well, Lord, thank you for your Word. And Lord, as we we asked a few moments ago, may this moment now not be about routine, but about encounter. In moments like this, the living God can speak to us, and we can be forever changed. So now, Holy Spirit, may you open up our hearts and speak new life into us that we would allow you to do a new work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Well, I'm going to go through Colossians chapter 3, and we again, verses 1 through 14. Um, okay, so we've spent the last few uh, weeks, last couple weeks in the book of Colossians, where Paul is, is the first couple chapters are pretty theological, especially the first chapter. The second chapter, Paul told us quite a bit about all of the things that now as a Christ follower you no longer have to be concerned with and there, that there isn't a checklist that you have to check off of religious things that you need to do uh, to be a Christ follower. Um, and some of those things were, were like, uh, were, some of those things were like keeping the religious festivals, the certain things that you couldn't eat, circumcision as well. Paul mentioned in, in Colossians chapter 2, these are things you no longer need to worry about. So now, today we're going to talk about the things that finally Paul gives us, so what does it mean to be a Christian? What 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 should we be doing? And in light of quarantine, these things come to us like gifts. Because what do you want during your time of quarantine? Um, you want something to do. And so Paul has given us like a bag here of gifts, of stuff that we have been given now through Colossians chapter three to do. And so I'm going to break what I'm, what I'm going to do this morning is, is there's actually eight different things. If you would take a look at Colossians three verses one through 14, there's eight different things specifically that Paul tells us to do. I've kind of broke these down into, I put two together and broke it down into four groups. So we're going to get to those, not in any canonical order. Um, so you're going to have to follow along with me in, in your Bibles. And so first, I want to just take a look and see some of the things, the, the kind of things that we need, you know, for, for quarantine. Um, we need, we got this, we got some, some hand sanitizer here. Um, we got some toilet paper. Let's see what else do we have in here. Oh. We got some disinfectant spray. All bags of quarantine gifts. I know I got some stuff to do here some more toilet paper here and some more toilet paper I need to find a spot for that okay that'll be good and then okay some more toilet paper here as well oh wait here it is here's the first thing we find this one and in verses five and eight here we go Here's the first thing. You might know what this is. Here's the first gift that Paul gives us. I got these from, from a friend of ours that attends church in WACOB. We got a scope here and our little hunting hat because the very first thing that we are given in Colossians 3 that we're going to talk about is a permanent hunting trip. Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to like this one. We got a scope here. We got a hunting hat. A permanent hunting trip. Uh, Paul is tell Paul tells us in verses five and verses eight that we actually have to kill some things. There should be some things that we kill in our life. Um, so you get a permanent hunting trip. You get to hunt, and you don't even ever have to stop hunting. Whether it's the the government that tells you you can't, whether it's daylight, whether it's the quantity, uh, or the person's property that you are on illegally, will never have to tell you to stop hunting. And so here's what he's talking about in verses 5 through 8. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. 
And then take a look at what he says in verse 8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. I want you to take a look at the difference in these to what you see in, in verses 2.16. When Paul says, Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. See, these things were referring, here he was referring to some external things, some, um, for lack of a better word, some traditional, some religious things that we talked last week how these things certainly were not all bad, um, but the point was there were no external requirements now to be a Christ follower. But here, take a look at what's in this text. These are some things that, that must happen within us, um, some things that we need to put to death that are in our lives. I want to just share those again because I want you to allow at least one of those to speak to you. Sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. These are things that we have been given a permanent hunting trip. We have been given a permanent hunting trip for. And we need to do what we have been called to do. Um, to recognize these areas in our life that we need to remove. So there's the first thing you've been given to do from our quarantine letters in Colossians chapter 3. You've been given a permanent hunting trip. Now, men and women, the Spirit of God is ready to put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. What a testimony it is when your brothers and sisters in Christ are even better. Unbelievers see these things happening in your life. So the next thing, let's see what else we got in this bag. Another quarantine gift. Here's a game. You, you, you may have seen this game before, but what Paul is giving us here is the ultimate social simulation game. The ultimate social simulation game. Now, I want to I want to explain this by reading this text in verses nine and verse thirteen. Nine, it says, "Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practice." That's the one thing that we're going to hit on today. That it says, "Do not." But then here's what he says uh, in verse thirteen. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, when I say a simulation game, this isn't a simulation, what Paul is calling us to. This is definitely the real thing. But the point is that the church, the church ought to be a place of simulation. In other words, the church ought to be a place where we can forgive each other, where we can for, we can bear one another's burdens. The church ought to be a place where we shouldn't be lying to each other. And Paul is writing this this to the church in Colossae to people, um, to to one of the first churches, and that and saying that the church ought to be a safe place where you can come together, where you can trust each other, where there can be as a refuge there. And that's what Paul is calling us to. Uh, this this refuge that you can have. So bear with one another's burdens. You're, you've made a decision, referring to the early church, you've made a decision to follow Christ and lay your life out of the line, to alter your life in, in ways where many are going to be confused and some may hate you because of the decision that you've made. So let the church be a refuge. 
So can the church create an example for this and how we should treat people? That our place would be different, that we would bear one another's burdens and forgive one another. The next one, verses 12 and 14, I'm running out of gifts here. Uh, Verses 12 and 14. And I told you, I told I had something for the guys in the first one, and now this one's for all the girls. Some new clothes. And this is a bag of, sh- this is a box of shoes here. Um, I get, these are my wife's shoes. I don't wear these, obviously. Mine, oops, my bag's falling here. My, my shoes come on a skid. Um, I kind of get them on a skid in the mail. They have to have special shipping um, for them to come in, but... But you all love some new shoes. All, everybody, lo- all the, especially all the ladies, love to go shopping and get some new shoes. So here's what Paul tells us. We get some new clothes. Another quarantine gift from his prison epistle that he gives us as, as new Christians, as the church is beginning, he gives us new clothes. And here's what he says regarding new clothes in verses 12 and 14. Verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then, again in verse 14, And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So we have some new clothes to put on. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And above everything else, we must put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unity. Now, just like when you wake up in the morning and choose what to wear, we must make a choice of what we are going to put on this morning. There's a lot of things that you feel. There's a lot of things that you experience. And You can choose to be angry. You can choose to be bitter. But there is a choice that we have to show compassion, to show humility, to show gentleness, and to show patience. Before we get to this last thing, I got one more gift in here I want to talk to you about. But I want you to capture this idea of why even I'm I'm going to the extreme of, of, of giving you this goofy illustration. Because this is really what these are. These are gifts. See... This is, again, this wasn't a checklist of things that we we had to do. These are gifts that we have been given to do. When I, I use the word gifts because this stuff, the power to do these things, the even the ability to do these things comes from the Spirit of God. And it's stuff that you have been given from the living God that dwells on the inside of you that is yours to receive and yours to use for His glory. So these are gifts that come from the Spirit of God. All of these things, you possess them. They are yours to receive. So i got one last gift is before we go to a time of communion together. And here's the last one. This is a little thing that sticks on my wall at home. and says, just simply says, home. The last thing is a new home for your heart and mind a new home for your heart and mind i was thinking if you ever watch game shows or or different shows where they give stuff away one of the few things they rarely have rarely ever seen given away um is a new house now they'll go and do a, a new home makeover or something like that you've seen those shows but rarely nobody ever gives someone a new 
house because there's something personal about home. It's personal about where you live. It's personal about what kind of things you have in your home, where, what, what, what you prefer. And a home is far beyond just the structure and the aesthetics and all of those things that go into it. And Paul here is offering you, though, a new home. But a new home for your heart and mind. You see, home is a place that you return to. When it comes to your heart, when it comes to your mind, you're going to have to go some places, some of which you don't want to go well and others that you do. In life, you're going to have to wrestle with some things and feel some things that maybe you don't want to. Home is what we return to. Usually if you're excited about home, you're excited about what you get to return to, the most everything else in your life actually makes sense. And we would even go so far to say that it's worth it. So here's the text in verses 2 and really right right out the gate in verses 1 and um, 2. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. So he tells us a place to put our heart. He gives us a place to put our heart. He gives us a place to put our mind and he tells us to set our heart on eternal things, our mind on things above that which is eternal is what matters, not external, that which is eternal and so a better way to explain even what he's talking about comes from our the last quarantine epistle that we studied in Philippians chapter 4.8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when you t- attend church... When you do your devotions, when you spend time in prayer, when you turn on a worship song and have a lyric that just kind of sticks in your heart and in your head, I hope these things remind you of who you are and where your home is. Paul's offering you a quarantine gift, a new place to put your heart, a new place to put your mind, a new place to return to. Sure, you're going to have to wrestle with some things. You're going to have to you're going to have to experience some emotions, some challenges. You're going to have to think about even things that you don't want to think about. But you're created to have a place to return to. And I'm talking about a place that you can return to at any moment in time and be reminded of who you are and the real reason that you are here on this earth. You have a new place for your home. And, and excuse me, a new place for your mind, a new place for your heart. If you are a Christ follower, set your heart on things above set your mind on things above Christ is seated at the right hand of God and this is what you were created for to follow Christ and to be of that which comes eternal value so I guess somebody's saying I need to turn this around because I think when you do it backwards it doesn't make sense but when I go that way it doesn't work either so it says home if you're wondering so as as we've been talking about returning home and the last thing we want to do is give you a chance to come home and to come back to the table. Uh, 
we're going to conclude our service with a time of communion. And even as we do that, uh, so if you have elements, if you haven't got your elements yet, I uh, want to ask you to take a few moments to grab something. But, um, of course, you're, you're, all of you we are, are welcome to join us for this time. We're going to conclude by partaking of the cup and partaking of, uh, of the bread together. Whatever has taken place in your life this last week, this last month, um, there's often things that weigh on us where Jesus said this would happen where, you know, you don't feel like a Christian. You don't feel like you deserve God's grace. You feel like you've drifted, like you've like you've gone too far away. And now is a time to return and come back to the table because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember who I am and also remember who you are in me. And here's what he says in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you have your bread, whatever you have, let's partake of the bread together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Just as we're reminded with the bread of the sustaining life that the Spirit of God offers us, we also must be reminded to return to the cross and as Paul is telling us to put to death the misdeeds of our flesh, we need the death of Christ in our life. We need to receive the death of Christ. So let's partake of a cup together. Lord, we thank you that you have given us a place to come home to. Lord, I want to touch, I want to, I want to speak into the life of anyone who is watching this morning. That for whatever reason is allowed a distance between you and them. I do pray they would hear your voice calling them to come home. They would in this moment know there's nothing they can ever do to separate them from the love of God. May they hear your invitation. May they receive new life this morning. And again, return and find their identity in you. Lord, we thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for all the things that we have been given as gifts. We have been given a, a permanent hunting trip. There's plenty of work that we need to do in our life and things that we need to remove. Lord, we have been given a, a, a church, a place, a refuge, a safe place that we can we can return to and, and others of of similar experiences that we can encourage and be empowered by. We've been given new clothes to put on and a new attitude to have, a gentleness and compassion uh, to wear, Lord, as, we have, as, as your Spirit has empowered us to. And most importantly, we've been given a new home. 
a new place that is ours, that is yours, a place that we can always return to and be reminded of who we are. So Spirit, may you transform and renew our minds as the people of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, I want to thank all of you for for joining us this morning. And our benediction is going to come right out of Colossians 3.17. And here is what it says out of Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.